0: Word of mouth is the best kind of promotion, and Deeks Insurance is proud to list word of mouth as a secret to their success. Serving the faith-based community with tailored plans and preferred rates for home and auto insurance, Deeks knows the importance of a good reputation, which is why so many customers refer their friends and their family to Deeks Insurance, a licensed insurance brokerage since 1981. If you can't wait to find out from someone else, then visit deeksinsurance.ca to get started with a quote. Deeks Insurance where family matters.
1: Well, she was having an affair and pursued divorce, but said that the day the judge granted her divorce request was the worst day in her life. This is Focus on the Family, and you're going to hear an incredible story of God's restoration in more than one life, as Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs share with us today. They're the founders of Hope Marriage Matters Ministry in Plano, Texas, and authors of the book, I Do Again. And your
2: host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller. John, it is always a pleasure to bring hope into someone's life. I mean, as Christians, it's really a a wonderful thing to be able to share the hope of Christ with people and to see their lives come back together. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. If you missed last time, you really need to go download it or order it through Focus on the Family. What an incredible story. Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs, Um, They were married for about 10 years, ended up divorcing because Cheryl was having an affair, and uh, they lived separately for seven years, divorced. And then God began to work in their hearts during that seven years and rekindling uh, the romance, the relationship, and what it meant to be committed for life in a marriage, and it is powerful. And I want to welcome back Jeff and Cheryl to Focus on the Family.
3: Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having us back.
2: Great to have you. Uh, Last time, again, Cheryl, I'll start where I left off. I just, again, want to, for both of you, just want to say thank you for your vulnerability. Uh, In the Christian community, the mistake we make is trying to project some kind of perfection. Mm. And people that are living what you lived don't know where to connect because we're saying, hey, you just, you know, you accept the Lord. And you live happily ever after. Uh, that's not always the case, right? And God definitely wants that life for us. I'm reminded of John 10:10 10, 10, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but he came that we might have life and life more abundantly. Right. Of course, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, right. you live a testimony now that fulfills that scripture because mm-hmm. your marriage was dead, mm-hmm. right? And the Lord breathed life. Back into Mm -hmm. it. So let's pick up from that point. Uh, If again, if you didn't hear it, you got to go listen Mm -hmm. to it because it was dramatic. As Cheryl said last time, it was like living a soap opera. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeff, you put the pieces together. Uh, Cheryl was never able to really tell you that she was having an affair, but after the divorce, you went to pick up your daughters and you saw the man. You knew the man. Mm -hmm. and put two and two together. You talked about feeling that anger at the end of the last program. We need to talk about that Mm because men in this situation, there's a lot of testosterone that goes on Mm -hmm. at that moment. You want to throttle
4: some people. Talk about what you were feeling and how you dealt with it. Mm -hmm. I was so angry for a couple of years, really. And I didn't deal with it very well, to be honest with you. But at the same time, I knew the girls didn't want this divorce. Mm. So my motivation was to make things as easy for them or as healthy as they could be given the situation. So when I would have the girls, I tried to be as positive and upbeat as I could be. I never spoke badly about their mom in front of them. But At when the I, point of divorce, how old are your girls, twin girls? They're four years old at that four point. Four years old four when years the divorce old. is final. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's it's just so sad. I think even today when I think back on it Mm -hmm. about their little lives and just how crushed they were because every night when we'd put them to bed, when I put them to bed, it would just, you know, they would spill their guts to me and just cry. Yeah, and they would cry every night. You know, and it's like Lauren typically would. When you had them. When I had them. (laughs) Typically, Lauren would want her mom. And, uh, you know, it was just so sad. And a lot of times if I couldn't console them, you know, I'd call Shrella and she would come over and, you know, talk to them or rub their back until they fell asleep. Or if it was really bad, just take one of them home with her. But it never felt settled. It was always fractured. I was angry. I felt like I was on a roller coaster. When I had the girls, I was on a high. And when I didn't have them, I was in a low. Mm-hmm. And probably looking back, I was probably depressed.
0: Who, who were you and didn't angry
4: at? Uh, I was mostly angry at Cheryl. And, um, and you know, to be honest with you, I was angry at, at God too. I was like, "How could He let this happen to my family?" Of course, I was looking back. I see how selfish that was. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that because yeah. that's a common statement that mm-hmm. people
2: make. Uh, but when you really reflect on it, I'm sure God's saying, "Hey, uh, in reality, I didn't do this."
4: Right. You've well, done exactly. It. And I made it all about me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm this good guy. I haven't done anything wrong. You know, I haven't <laughs> done anything wrong. Of course not. In fact, at that point, I wasn't owning having any ownership in it mm. I was blaming the whole thing on Cheryl sure mm. and you know looking back now and what the Lord started to show me was I had a lot to do with it and it wasn't so much what I did it was more what I didn't do mm. and so it was the sin of omission you know and and really that I never loved her like God calls us to love our wives and you know when I read 1 Peter 3 7 now it just convicts me because so, I well, ne- what is the verse Well, you know, we're to treat our wives as the weaker vessel, and I never treated her as the weaker vessel, and, you know, as like a piece of porcelain, like protecting her, covering her. I never did that, in fact. And then it uh, goes on as co-heirs of the grace of life, and, you know— I never treated her as a co heir or as an equal. You know, I always looked at her as like, I knew the part where she was supposed to submit to me. I got that, right? But I wasn't submitting to the Lord. So, how how does that work if I'm not submitting to the Lord and I'm the spiritual leader of the family? So, God started revealing this to me in so many different ways. And so, eventually, you know, I was still helping with the high school youth at the church probably two years after that, they asked me to teach the boys a Wednesday night Bible study, and they wanted me to use the book by Kent Hughes called The Disciplines of a Godly Man. Mm -hmm. And I would tell these high school boys, you know, you need to do as Kent says in the book, not as I did. And I would use the mistakes I made in my marriage as an example to these high school boys. And, And I also told them, I'm learning this three days ahead of you, and that's because I'm preparing the lesson on Sunday night, delivering it to you on Wednesday. So you're anywhere from 14 to 17 and I'm 34 at that point, I'm learning with you. Mm. And the reality was God was just really starting to show me how I didn't treat Cheryl and how I wasn't the spiritual leader. And that, um, you know, I didn't love her like Christ loved the church. You know, there's something unique that's coming out in your story. And I,
2: I don't know that a lot of people experience this in the circumstances that you faced. I mean, you're Cheryl, you're having an affair, you end up divorcing, you're two to three years after the divorce. There seems to be an incredible um, sense of humility in it, though, it, mm-hmm. it's like you know what's happening, your heart is broken, mm-hmm. the tether between you is still there even though it's a, like the visual I have is a a rope with all the threads torn except one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was just something still hanging on visual. between you. Mm-hmm. you know, what was that?
3: Wow, that's, that's great. Um, never I never thought about the humility factor wow that's interesting it does
2: take humility to stay yeah. connected because that anger could have overwhelmed either of you yeah mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of couples deal with it's just right. done it's over
3: right sure what had, you did well Boom. and I had lived you know starting in year two or so um I did start getting angry but it never showed I mean I'm the typical type a you know perfectionist had a great spirit you know just smile on my face outwardly loving my husband, uh, dying on the inside. That's how I would have described myself. You know, Jeff and I had an incredible working relationship with the girls. Um, we lived five minutes from each other. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the normal visitation. We, we did have a schedule, but, you know, Jeff wanted the girls two nights overnight during the week so he could take them to school, and we agreed on all of that. He never came to the door mad at me. We never put the kids on the sidewalk. Uh, we walked in each other 's homes, you know mostly right in the front foyer, but not you know walking around the house and things like that. But uh, we did have a good relationship there, but my heart, even though I now was free to pursue this other relationship, my heart was still with Jeff, and so when you talk about that one little strand mm. is the covenant that we made with God is that is really what that was, which we at that point. We weren't pursuing, or I didn't even know really anything about that. Um, at this point, you know, three months after we divorced, I finally come to know the Lord, and for me, it was like a Damascus Road experience mm-hmm. for me. It really was. I was thirty-three, and my eyes were completely opened. I was so hungry for the Lord. I was reading everything I could get my hands on on marriage. I couldn't stay out of the Word. I had my home set up where I had a little chair and a little light, and I'd wake up every morning at five o'clock in the morning. I didn't even know how to read the Bible, and these girlfriends of mine that I talked about uh, <laughs> uh, that that were loving on me um, said, "Here's what you <laughs> here's what you need to do: just you know, get up in the morning, or it doesn't have to be morning, but whenever time to spend with the Lord, and get your Bible out, have a, a journal or something, and start writing your prayers, and." That's what I started to do every day at five o'clock. I couldn't wait to get up at five o'clock. And one day I'm sitting there, and this is about two or three months after I came to know Jesus. It was right after Christmas, actually. And on my paper was pursue reconciliation of your marriage.
2: That was written in your journal.
3: Yes. And I looked at those words and I shut my journal and I'm like, there is no way. Mm. I'm in love with someone else. I'll never consider that, and that's where the anger was for me at that point because I was so mad at Jeff that you know he didn't do what he was supposed to do. I guess you know that's the way I saw it.
2: Well, what what did you expect him to do? What did well, you I'll want just, him to you do?
3: You know, he was supposed to read my mind. <laughs>
2: well, yeah, I, I asked that question for that reason. I think a lot of women, a lot of wives, are frustrated with their husbands. Mm-hmm because we find that very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Much to your chagrin. Right. But um how did you manage that? What's the next turn? Where do you and Jeff take that broken strand around yeah. that single solid strand and how do you tie that together mm-hmm. and what was it?
3: Well, the next day I kept waking up every day and that was the the topic. R- pursue reconciliation, pursue reconciliation. And finally, I I was um, invited to a Tommy Nelson study, The Song of Solomon. Right. Tommy did it live back then. It was in 1993, January of 93. And I sat with a thousand other people, and I had no idea what The Song of Solomon was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Didn't she, know where to find it in my Bible. it was a rock
1: group. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat seller.
3: there with my mouth dropped open for six weeks, and mm-hmm. I thought I had no idea that God had a plan for marriage. Uh, that he had a plan for dating, he had a plan for us. And what I realized, because now I was in tune with the Spirit of God, that that the Lord was sharing with me that here's another marker for you, for you to pursue reconciliation. And it was a turning point for me. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I I went to Jeff, and I communicated to him that I felt like, I, I told him I'd become a Christian, and he kind of shook his head like, Whatever. And And you're doing the
4: Bible study at your church mm -hmm. this time. Yeah. So I didn't believe her when she said it. I'm like, okay, I've been fighting for this marriage for all these years. And then three months after the divorce, she comes to know the Lord. Yeah. It was just too coincidental for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe Mm -hmm. her. Okay.
3: So I I told him, I said, I felt like, uh, you know, I'm learning the Bible, I'm learning about marriage, God's intentions, and we did it all wrong. And I really feel like God is leading us to restore the marriage and and really try to work on putting it back together
4: okay jeff i gotta ask i mean at that moment what are you thinking i'm thinking she's crazy there's no way yeah i'm so prideful i'm just like no you know i'm still angry i'm still dealing with that anger i have and um i'm just looking at her like you're crazy well he said
3: i'll never reconcile with you ever Mm -hmm. don't ever talk to me about it
1: this focus on the family broadcast will continue in just a moment Do you wake up and think of all the ways the day could go wrong? Does a list of worst-case scenarios play on a loop in your head? Can the littlest thing set off a spiral of what-ifs? Focus on the Family Canada has created a free PDF booklet filled with professional advice, biblical insights, and follow-up resource suggestions to help you better understand and navigate anxiety in your life. Download your free PDF booklet at focusonthefamily.ca anxietypdf That's focusonthefamily.ca slash anxiety pdf.
4: Financial Moments with Tom Copeland.
0: Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Are you experiencing God's peace in the area of finances? If not, then you're probably not managing money God's way. Of interest, the Bible has 500 verses on prayer, 500 verses on faith, and 2,350 scriptures that apply to money, However, only 3% of the scriptures relate to giving, while 97% relate it to other financial topics, which most people have limited knowledge of, and as a result, they unknowingly violate biblical financial principles and later suffer the consequences. We have a solution. Commencing September 2021, my experienced leaders will lead several small groups based on my book, Financial Management God's Way. This in-depth biblical financial study has helped thousands of people in managing money much better. There are 12 sessions of about two hours each, and the meetings will take place online with the Zoom software. To learn more and to register, go to copelandfinancialministries.org. Again, copelandfinancialministries.org.
1: Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming.
2: Now, for both of you, though, I mean, it took some time because you're you're separated and divorced for about seven years, mm-hmm. so it didn't right. it didn't just happen overnight. No. It it was a process. It was a process. What happened during that period of time? How did you? I mean, yeah. you're three months into it, right? Into your divorce. Well, you got six more years now. <laughs> uh, separated six and a half years. yes. What I mean, what was that journey all about? What yeah, happened? Yeah, you
3: know, I I left Jeff's house that day after sharing my heart with with him, probably for the first time. Mm. on a deep level. And I had my tail between my legs, got in my car and I thought, I guess that wasn't God. So I got back to my home 5 minutes away and I just sat with the Lord and I'm like, God, you know, I guess it wasn't you and I'm I really don't understand all that you do yet. I'm I'm getting <laughs> I'm so new uh and so it was very clear that um God laid on my heart just continue in this journey. Don't give up on this. And so um, literally, I was in the process of breaking off the other relationship. Um, and literally, the Lord laid on my heart just to continue to love Jeff like I was supposed to in the first marriage, because that's what I was learning now, even though we weren't in the same home. So I, I did my best to do that. I know I didn't do that very well sometimes because I was so anxious about that we had you know, made so many mistakes, and I just wanted a second chance. And and so, finally, um, five years in, I had been inviting Jeff over for dinner for about a year, and he turned me down every time for a year. Mm. And uh, one day, uh, he said, "Yes, <laughs> I'll come
2: over." She come and out. That he said Five it. years in. Why did you, you say yes after
4: all that time? What in you made I, you say yes? I think it was just you know that, that the Lord had been softening my heart, mm. and that's just you know I would I was getting to the place where I could start to look at her and not feel that anger anymore. In fact, Cheryl, uh, I was going to say, you wrote in your book about a letter of
2: reconciliation that you'd written, Jeff. Mm -hmm. I've got an excerpt of that. Oh, cool. And it'd be great if you could read that for us, because my guess would be, Jeff, this certainly helps soften your heart.
3: You know, Jeff, believe it or not, I pray for us every day. I pray for our situation and ask God to show me what he wants for my life. I do not have peace with what has happened to us. It just isn't settled in my heart and mind. My heart is still so much with you. I know you may not want to hear this as you appear to have gotten on with your life and appear to be happy. There are times when I really miss you.
2: Mm. It's okay.
3: I'm sorry for being selfish with you. And trying to solve everything on my own, Jeff. I've always loved you, and probably always will.
2: Hmm.
3: Jeff, you may think differently, but I always loved you.
2: Mm. I appreciate the tenderness in which you're reading that. And most of us listening are crying with you because it's Stop. such such a heartfelt note. Mm-hmm. What did that do for you, Jeff?
4: You know, at at the moment, I was just so full of pride that you know I basically. you know I I just I had no emotional response to it and I'm not sure exactly what I said to her but uh, you know I didn't let her think that that touched me in any way but what happened was I kept the letter and I put it in so it meant something to you (laughs) yes I put it in the nightstand beside my bed and I probably read it 12 times over the next several months Hmm. and it was just another way that God is just one of the many things the Lord was using to soften my heart and show me that you know this could happen. This could really work. So that was the first time you thought it's possible? Uh, yeah, there was just so many things that would happen, but that was one of the catalysts, yes, absolutely. Mm. And Cheryl, it takes, uh, and
1: Jim referenced this earlier, it takes a great deal of humility mm. to get to a point, um, as you were writing in that excerpt, that you had failed mm-hmm. and that you were the driver behind the divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, all these years later, uh, is there still a sting there? Oh. Uh, of the pain. It, yeah. it, I would imagine the humility is, is not something that you grab for, but the Lord kind of pushed onto you.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thankful that the Lord humbled me. <laughs> um, I don't know what I would do without that at this point. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's really interesting. We share our story uh, to a lot of churches across the country, um, different venues and and all that and I still at times during the testimony there's certain points that I cry every time and I think okay this time I'm not going to cry but the Lord just continually reminds me of where he's pulled you know what he pulled me out of and and what he can do and how Um, He can redeem anything, Mm. and there's hope no matter what, (laughs) Uh and He's in control, and we've got to lean on Him.
2: Uh You know, when I uh, hear the story and see the tears Mm. and see where you're at today, what strikes me is that, especially here in America, with our children and with our marriages, we, we want this pristineness. Yet God teaches us so much in the valleys. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine, I'd like you to respond to this, but I bet the depth of your relationship today, with all of the vulnerability, with all of the pain that you've gone through, is more of a mountaintop than you had before. <laughs> and something beautiful is in that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think God smiles mm-hmm. with that. It's not about living falsely. Right. living a false mountaintop. Mm-hmm. God right. wants you to go through the valley, mm-hmm. so character is developed, hope is developed, mm-hmm. love is developed. Mm-hmm. And I would think, when you look back on it, even with all the pain, would you do it differently? <laughs> well, Certain you know, aspects of it, probably. I guess you probably. would say you
3: would do it differently. Uh, but, but honestly, I wouldn't change a thing. Mm. You know, I wouldn't change a thing. I, I do want to... When I get before the Lord, um, when when we go to heaven and all of that, I can't wait to ask Jesus why it took seven years. Yeah. <laughs> but
4: <laughs> There's perfection in that from what I understand. It's <laughs> yeah. well, being married to a stubborn husband. It's pride. I was a prideful man, and it took me a long time to admit that mm-hmm. and admit that I actually had played a role in it and there was something I could do about putting it back together. You know, So it's not a story that I would choose for us, but we've learned so much through it. Mm-hmm. And our first of all, our relationship with the Lord, we know now is the most important relationship in our life. Mm-hmm. And second to that is our relationship with each other. And we have such deep conversations now. Uh, we talk about just about everything. And so probably really wouldn't trade it. Mm-hmm. And I can feel that and hear that in, in mm-hmm. the dialogue today.
3: Well, I was just going to say that, you know, the seven years, is, I do kind of joke about that a little, but... Honestly, when I look at the the all that God was teaching us year after year after year, uh, the seven years, there was a reason for all of it. Mm-hmm. Because if we would have remarried three years in, you know, God was teaching each one of us something each one of those different years. So mm-hmm. it was the perfect time. God's mm-hmm. perfect timing.
2: Yes, and, and you know we have uh, these last two days we've concentrated on your relationship, rightfully so. Uh, We talked last time about the age of your daughters when this all started, about four years old. They've ridden this journey with you, and we haven't come back to talk about them. How are they doing? Mm -hmm.
4: Where the girls are now is that they have seen the Lord work powerfully in our family's lives. It has Mm -hmm. to be such a foundation for them. Right. Mm -hmm. And even their teachers – would tell me that you know your girls pray for your all's marriage. They pray for you and your wife, wow. mm-hmm. and they would tell me that. And That was so humbling. But how, what an incredible thing to strengthen
2: their faith because their prayers mm-hmm. were answered, mm-hmm. right? And, and they,
3: you know, yeah. they actually wrote a, a chapter in the book, uh, which is you know I cry every time I read it. But what's interesting is you know they're twins, and you know the the foundation that they have going into marriage is so strong because they've seen you know, what God's done in in Jeff and my marriage, and then also the hundreds of couples that have come across our path. And they they just don't take it for granted. Because, you know, as you were asking earlier, you know, one of the things that Jeff and I don't do anymore is take our marriage for granted. And we didn't have the right focus. And that's what we were missing, is the right focus. We thought it was each other. And when our focus is on the Lord and not each other, that's
2: when we have the strength to love each other and we're free to love well. And, and Cheryl, as you're saying that, uh, those of us in the Christian community, um, you know what? There's struggles there. And when we claim Christ, people watch. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, you've done such a wonderful job. Uh, even with all the brokenness, coming back around and making that fundamental commitment to the Lord that's what I heard you the last couple of days say mm-hmm. that started with your relationship with Christ uh-huh. and that's what you built it on and once that foundation was set, you got things together mm-hmm. right. the the crooked things became straight mm-hmm. and now you are in a relationship married twice mm-hmm. and loving each other and your girls are watching that and guess what the rest of the world's watching too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you've done it so
4: beautifully and I just want to again say thank you. Thank you. Thanks. And we, and we give that all that credit to the Lord, really. It wasn't anything we did. It was more just letting the Lord work in our hearts. Mm.
3: Well, and I think what's important to note is that, you know, Jeff and I don't have a perfect marriage. Everyone thinks we have a perfect marriage because of everything we've been through. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is we're a sinner married to a sinner. Right. And so the difference between our first marriage and our second marriage is we go to Christ yes. now. And that's the difference. That is the difference. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, again, I just want to say thank you so much for being with us and uh, and being so vulnerable. I love it. And I know many, many marriages will be touched because of what you've shared with us. Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you.
1: This has been such an inspirational story with Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs on Focus on the Family, and their testimony is captured in their book, I Do Again. We do uh, suggest that if you're struggling in your marriage, uh, or you know somebody who is, get a copy of this book. Share it. Um, our number is eight hundred, the letter A and the word family, eight hundred, two, three, two.
2: John, we've heard such an uplifting story the past couple of days, and I know there are those who've been thinking about their own relationship and that brokenness. Uh, First of all, that's okay. Uh, Recognizing that brokenness is a good thing. And Maybe you haven't been through a divorce, but you're concerned that things are falling apart and heading in that direction. Let us help you through our intensive counseling program called Hope Restored. Uh, You're there for several days in a nice setting in Missouri, Michigan, or Georgia, working through the weak areas of your marriage. And here's the best part. Four out of five couples who've been to Hope Restored are still together and doing better two years after the counseling experience. We're so encouraged by what God is doing through this effort. And if you need help, we highly recommend it. Let us be there for you. Yeah,
1: and like Cheryl said, there's no perfect marriage. If you're really hurting, reach out, as Jim said. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459. You can also learn more at focusonthefamily.ca. And we'd encourage your support of Focus on the Family Canada with a monthly gift if you're able. And when you join the support team, just know you're helping to strengthen marriages in a time when more marriages than ever are under attack. And if you can't make a monthly pledge to Focus Canada, we appreciate a one-time gift to help us do ministry together. Well, coming up next time on this Focus on the Family broadcast, we'll have help for stay-at-home moms.
3: I just continue to try to find the loophole in God's plan. I just kept trying to find, okay, can I work from home? Can I work part-time? I kept trying to find all of these different ways to hang on to that identity um, that I had misplaced, you know, my true worth in uh, for so long.
1: On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ.